Lucky, everybody. All right, hello and welcome. And welcome, everybody, yeah, yet to another episode of Three Beers In. My name is Dom, and I would like to welcome you all to episode 125 of Three Beers In, the one beer podcast that you, believe it or not, actually want to listen to. Um, you just didn't actually know that you uh, want, wanted wanted to listen to it. But here we are, ladies and gentlemen. Um, another episode going to be in the books here. A pretty interesting one coming up. Uh, one that uh, hopefully everyone can enjoy on the verge of yet another crazy uh, c- catastrophic snowstorm that is looming over our heads here in the northeastern area of the United States. I am very, very happy to have everyone here joining me once again on this lovely, lovely show that we have here, Three Beers In. Um, <coughs> the cough isn't entirely gone yet. Um, that's, you know, I mean, listen, I, I don't know what's going on with me. It, it's like I, it stops for a while, and then it comes back, and then it goes away again, and then it comes back again. I don't know. I just got to, like, wait this out and hope that everything is all right. Um, other than that... We're, we're we're plugging along and we're moving on and we're doing our show. Um, really, really excited uh, to talk about this show tonight. We got some more emails. Uh, we got a lot of new likes on Facebook, which is really, really exciting to see that that's still going. Um, the website is live, which is really exciting. Uh, Big Joe Lopez, really, what a great guy he is. He really, you know, anything I needed, he took care of it, you know, without any reservations whatsoever you know anything I needed him to do he just did it you know and like it was just very very exciting to have someone uh share that type of passion to 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 make something right and to make something um perfect for the person who's who was asking for it I mean the job that he did I felt like I should I owed him hundreds of dollars for it hundreds but he didn't ask for a dime. You know, he did it out of the kindness of his heart. Because he, I even said to him, I was like, why'd you do it? And he goes, because you needed you needed help. You don't know what you're doing. I said, wow, thanks. That's that's really nice of you. So, um, really, really excited about what he has provided for us on the website. It has opened doors for us. We have gotten emails uh, through it, which is really, really exciting. Because we were wondering why there was that lapse between our show and people... Um, Saying okay, that was okay. The laptop was dying. I didn't have it plugged in properly. Uh, there was a lapse between you know people you know li- listening to the show, but they weren't you know giving us any type of um, feedback or anything like that. They were really really dormant on the um, on the email. So it's really exciting to know now that there are people out there and that they're actively engaging us and talking to us. I wish it was a lot more. Maybe maybe I don't. Who knows? Uh, you know you. you you just you're excited when you see stuff like that, but um, just give me one second here, ladies and gentlemen. I'm going to take a little bit of a, a short pause, get some music going, and uh, shout out everyone that liked us on uh, Facebook this week. And if you want me to maybe switch it up, put it later in the show. Maybe I should do it at the at the bathroom break. I don't know. I've been doing it like this. I'm going to do it again. All right, so we got a whole bunch of people just like last week, which is really, really exciting. Um, buckle up, everybody. If you hear your name, it's because you liked us on Facebook. I would like to thank 
wholeheartedly Jonathan Francisco Martinez Ayala, Judith Pineda, Estelle Deloach, Kumar Martinez Juarez, um, Sheena George, El Negro Marijuano. Okay, interesting name. Um, Lisette Godoy, uh, wait a minute, Rob DeVito. Did I, did I thank him already? Whatever, you're getting thanked again. Rob DeVito, Kristen DeLea, Stephanie Gutierrez, Michelle Capello, Butadari, uh, Billy Doring, Glenn Kukansky, Gotti Tay, Alexander, um, Margaret Lusa Stantwich, Danielle Shino, Desiree Fer- Ferenensky. These are tough names. You guys, you guys got some 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 interesting names out there. Um, Kathleen Luce, Peter Evans, uh, Logan Simon, David Disrampco. I'm so sorry if I'm butchering you. Thank you for liking us and sorry that you left us. Cody Ripley, William Wood, Andrew Passion, Anthony Ramos, uh, Gerard Flores, Santos Lelusulo Tulolo Tito. Whoa. That one drew it up my laptop a little bit. Raymond V. Shaver, Jimbo Metz, Andrea Oravi, Anna Marie Davidson, Donna Sullivan, Tim Gurdry, uh, Ruth Galgano, Margaret Bertsuko, Stacy Rodriguez, Daniel Stevens, Noreen Mulkern, uh, Brian Green, Zach Barton, Monica Brown, Breed Blake, um, Rosie Chavez, Steve Perella, Linda McLinden, uh, Richard Doge, oh no, Dodge, sorry, Jay Diaz, uh, Donna Moran Carter, and Jerry Brescia. Thank you all for liking us. Have King Lewis take it away, huh? Spokey, 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 and okey dokey, anybody can. Oh, following Africa. Happy, happy Africa. They sing the bing a bing a bing. They have a ball and really go. Skokie, yeah. Whoa. Take a trip to Africa. It's funny. It's really, really funny because that was the uh, that was the song I wanted to walk into at my wedding, but um, my wife wasn't having that, and I and for good reason. It's not necessarily the wedding song that you think of when you're having uh, wedding time. Uh, that that's what you're going to walk out to. You're going to walk out to Skokian by King Louis Armstrong. I call him King Louis. Um, I had a jazz class in high school, and the jazz teacher, man, I forgot his name, but what a character he was. He had a a very lo- like a twenty by twenty portrait of Louis Armstrong in the middle of the room, and um, every time we entered the classroom, every morning it was like the first class, we had to bow to King Lewis. Okay? Like, he was who... Like, he was the king of... He dubbed him the king of jazz, and because of that, we needed to bow to him whenever we entered the room. And we did. You know, whatever. What are you going to do? But I learned to respect Louis Armstrong, and I learned to love his music. And it was crazy, because when when I was in the hospital, the second year I was working there, the... uh, uh, His... His manager was a woman, and I forgot her name, but she she was uh, on our unit, and she she passed away. But she was uh, she was really really neat because we I remember entering the the unit and I was hearing 
Louis Armstrong playing, blaring on a on a stereo somewhere, and I was like, "Holy smokes, that's Satchmo himself, Louis Armstrong, King Louis." And uh, that's when I was introduced to the woman um, that was on our unit, and she had a, like a Victrola uh, device that was playing the records. Which it leads me to this next story. I found my grandmother's record collection in the attic, and there's plenty of Puccini and Verde and and a whole bunch of old, old operas and arias and stuff like that. And I found my, my father had a Victrola record player type thing, and I was listening to it uh, over this past weekend. <coughs> it was really, really neat. I don't have the speaker set up for it. You definitely need better quality, larger speakers if you want to listen to uh, such a soundstage of an opera. But it was really interesting because everyone that is into audio or has any inclination about audio knows that the the vinyl record is the best lossless audio that you can get and even with the amount of noise that was coming out of the speakers because of the limited sound stage that I had you could still hear every minute detail like at one point the whole chorus is singing including the 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 baritone and the soprano they're belting out these 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 just tunes you know because they're instruments themselves and you hear like this little bell ringing in the background which was just like you wouldn't really hear that um you, it might get lost in the uh in the whole mix if you're listening on any other type of um any other type of uh whatchamacallit uh thing in majig whatever anyway so uh which is going to bring me now to i mean it doesn't really bring me to it but this week's beer review is going to be a pretty interesting one. Mother of God. Hold on one second. Sorry about that, guys. My microphone is drooping. Oh. That's right. <sighs> Don't you just love Toto, Africa? This is the cover. If you guys ever want to hear this yourselves, go on to uh, YouTube. Uh, you type in Toto, Africa cover. This is uh, Mike Massey and Jeff Hall. They're in a... They're in a... a like a coffee shop somewhere. It's just a guy with an acoustic guitar and a guy with a bass guitar. And they do one of the best covers, like, ever, of of this song. It's, it's the only one... That, I mean, it's not the only one I would listen to. I just love listening to it once in a while. But... Alright. So this week, ladies and gentlemen... Oh... That's a beautiful thing. That's a beautiful thing, but this week we are drinking from Bolero Snort, you know, your favorite from Ridgefield, New Jersey. Um, I Bless the Rains, product of the USA. R-E-I-N-S. I Bless the Rains is the, is the name of this beer, and it is an India Pale Ale brewed with South African hops, which I, as soon as my eye caught this, I immediately needed to pick it up. I immediately needed to have this beer in my hands and and ready for you guys uh, to have reviewed. So here it is, ladies and gentlemen. So we we've done a beer from uh, Bolero Snort before. 
Um, I forgot. I really forgot what the we actually. Oh no no, I think it was um weekend at Bernie's or something similar to that. Week. It was. It was. Nah, I think they had a play on words with that one too. I'm gonna have to look it up. I really am gonna have to look it up because it's gonna bother me. But I, I I'll do that later. But anyway, so from the Blolero bl- snort, it's really hard to to pronounce it. Uh, out of New Jersey, it's an American IPA. It's coming in at 7.1. Alcohol by volume. It says here that it's going to be brewed once, so that's actually uh, pretty interesting in terms of the whole um, the whole story here. And um, this is the description that we have here: a brand new seven percent IPA loaded up with flaked and malted oats to lay a soft and fluffy base to highlight some South African hops. We use Southern Star in the kettle and dry hop heavily with Southern Passion and some Simcoe and Citra in support. Super crushable and perfect for drinking when a certain song gets stuck in your head. So, following up from last week's beer, the moment, like the act, the literal moment I cracked open this can, the smell of this sweet, delicious fruit, this passion fruit, this mango fruit type smell, just erupted out of the out of the can and I, I i it immediately got me pumped i was like this is this is going to be a treat no matter how you slice it i'm gonna I, I, it got me excited it got me really excited especially after what happened last week and then i poured it and it is this gold like a hazy yellowish golden beer with about one finger ahead very hazy uh medium bodied not heavy whatsoever and then i just immediately just had to down it you know Ooh. Oh, what a delightful treat. It has such a drink of... Oh, it's like it's hard to describe this beer. It's not one of those juice bombs that you're going to get, okay? It's extremely light in terms of its flavor. The taste, I mean, there's spiciness and there's bitterness there, but it's in no way overpowering whatsoever. It is such a pleasant IPA that it almost feels criminal. The... the the lack of bitterness here is just absolutely just it's not detrimental to this IPA like it's it it's a good thing here uh, there's some great lacing that you have on the side of the glass here uh, you got you, you got those those just this beautiful tropical um, smells of those fruits and the taste follows what you smell and it's just fantastic throughout this is such an a breath of fresh air in terms of a pale ale and and it's such a delight and such a treat i really hope that they brew this more often or beers like it more often because it is that good i can't wait to open the next can hold on one second i'm gonna get i'm gonna work on that right now Ooh. It, it's almost as if like it, you're having yourself a new england style ipa where it's got like that hazy juicy um taste to it but this is actually one of my favorites right now because it's just the bitterness is not overpowering oh look at it pours so beautifully oh look at that tall boy can so I got a nice big glass here that I get, that I pour the entire thing into that one I got about two and a half fingers ahead on there and it is it's really just an incredible drinkable 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 IPA and at 7% it's gonna sneak up on you because you just you don't you don't get that at all so creamy, so smooth, so delicious. Um, I, I, in terms of like the hop characteristics here, 
whatever they're doing with these South African hops, I mean, more power to them. I mean, th- this is really just a, a delightful, delightful IPA. If you could find this close close by to you guys, you're going to have to run out and get it because it's, it's literally that good. Uh, honest to God, honestly speaking, this is going to get a 10. A 10 out of 10. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, I, I know that I'm very favorable when it comes to my rating system, when it comes to beer, but damn it, when a beer deserves a 10, it's going to get it from me. And that's what we have here right now. From Bolero Snort Brewery out in Ridgefield, 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 New Jersey, I believe. I'm drinking I Bless the Rains, product of the USA from Bolero Snort. India Pale Ale with South African hops. Unbelievable, juicy, hazy IPA, but not too crazy. I mean, I love it. You would love it. I would put it on my tap personally. I would invite anyone over to have one of these because it's just that fantastic. Go out and get yourself some, guys, because it's fantastic. It's it's really just that good. Oh, I'm so happy that I have two more of these after this one. Because that, and it's got some of those flakes in there that that you like to see floating around in these in these style of IPAs. Maybe this is like a, a New England style IPA. Who knows? Because they just wrote India Pale. They're not they're not touting it as one of those juice bomb New England IPAs. Mm. God, I had to oh I had to really take a second there and taste that because that's how good it was. I'm trying to do a new thing with my microphone this week. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna change it. You know, I might change. I'm gonna change it right now. It sucks. Hold on one second. I, I, I'm, I'm really sorry about this. Give me one second. Okay, sorry about that. I was, I'm not. I, I'm. I was trying to be cute, I guess. Okay, you know, there's this old saying that if it ain't broke, don't fix it, and it really does hold. It, it, it really means the what it's saying right there. It's true. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. I tried to get cute because what happened was, um, I totally rearranged the entire studio. Like I totally just laid waste to this place because we're talking about years of us coming down here doing a beer podcast where we never cleaned up after ourselves I mean honest to god I came down here and I I what did I do I broke down all the equipment and I took it out and stuff right and um I, liter- I literally like just tossed tossed this place turned it all up around upended it and um it was a fucking disaster in here. I had to... I took some towels and, like, stuff, and I was, like... I had to, like, bleach the table that we were working off of. Like, I've never been to a homeless shelter or anything like that. But honest honest to God, this place was... If, if I could... If I could... If I could say this is what it probably is like in a homeless shelter, then that's that's what we got. That's what we were working with down here. We were just in squalor. It was terrible. It was disgusting. So, you know, it felt really good to clean the place up. It felt really good to, like, you know, get it in working condition, like, make it look a little bit better. Like, I mean, because I eventually want to bring people down here and stuff, and I want to have the guest hosts and stuff like that. But, like, right now, I mean, it's kind of like I'm going through a bad breakup type situation because, you know, it's a classic story of boy, boy meets beer, boy likes beer. Boy meets boy. Boy meets boy who likes beer too. Boys that like beer have beer podcasts together. Like that's kind of like the story of uh, Rob and I in a nutshell, basically. So, you know, and like now he's gone. So it's like I need, I need like, like a, like any breakup. I need some time to work on me. I need to work on myself. And I also want to become a complete master of this domain and stuff like that. So 
for the time being, I'm going to be on my own because of how, um, uh, you know, the the breakup went between uh, Waterboard Rob and I. Uh, speaking of Rob, I am st- I still have that uh, Bourbon County, uh, the barrel aged Goose Island beer. I want. I really wanted to have it this week. Um, it was staring at me in the face in the refrigerator, and I was looking at it. And I was like, "You," and I was gonna have it, but then um, what happened was the this uh, this snowstorm is coming, right? And I saw that as an opportunity to get snowed in and have that beer in the snowstorm, which is basically what I'm gonna do when the snowstorm when the snowstorm numbs. I'm gonna be up there. Having a delicious, delicious beer, and my cousin, my my kinman, uh, Pete Peter, uh, Pete out in Jersey, he uh, he got a 2016 from uh, from his nephew, my cousin Danny, uh, for Christmas, and um, and and he he really enjoyed it according to the social media. So uh, you know, this is a 2017. I heard is drinking very well right now. From my, I believe it was Guy last week email us that. So I'm extremely excited to give that a try and to. Um, and to just be like you're, you're just hunkered down in the snowstorm and have a, a decent and a really good beer to 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 get me through it because uh, what we know here on Three Beers In is that if you're going to get snowed in, you got to get at least a, a six pack or a twelve pack of beer uh, to get you through. So I was just, just talking about things that had happened to me this this uh, this week. I saw Tommy Donegan sent uh, me the. Ghostbusters 3 re- reboot trailer which was really really interesting to see and really really cool to see and really exciting for me to see I'm a huge Ghostbusters fan have been ever since I was a child basically and um, it was really really neat to see the Ecto-Mobile in the uh, it looked like he was in some sort of a um, farmhouse maybe upstate New York or something maybe Fankman had to flee up there or something I don't know what where it's going to go it's being written by and directed by that same guy who did like Juno, I think. I, I, he's a Hollywood dude, you know. Oh, that's such a good beer. I almost want to just end the show and just enjoy it all alone. But no, I'm going to drink with you guys and have a good time with you guys. So this uh, this Ghostbusters three is going to be coming out in 2020, which is extremely exciting. Also, something that's really really cool to 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 speak about is uh, the Bill Bill Murray. You know, I just got finished watching this Bill Murray documentary on Netflix, and um, let me just real quick get the um, uh, the name of it so you guys can watch it too because it's really good. Um, Bill Murray documentary again. Okay, it's called the Bill Murray Stories: Life Lessons Learned, Life Lessons Learned from a Mythical Man. So I saw that pop up on on my feed, and I'm like, whoa! I'm a big fan of Bill Murray. I think he's really really cool, and it's basically a complete chronological tale about the Bill Murray stories. I'm not going to get too far ahead in case you guys do want to watch it, but um, there's a certain, it's not even really an urban legend or an urban myth. It's kind of the truth. Bill Murray does this these crazy things out in the general public that people don't believe, but I mean, these are the stories and there's some photographic evidence of Bill Murray doing this crazy, wacky stuff Um out there in the world, and this documentary uh, really it, it explains it and stuff like that. It really dives deep into the psyche of Bill Murray and um, why he does it and stuff like that. And it's just a it's a nice thing to watch when you got nothing else to watch, you know, on a on a on a sleepy day. You know, it was really 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 nice, and uh, and it was a uplifting documentary to watch, and it and it, and it makes you you know do some introspective uh, 
examining of examining that's the word examination of oneself which is really really cool um so and uh this week this past weekend really really pumped that true detective started again you know when before rob left we had a we had a game of thrones episode which i'm going to touch on a little bit later but when rob was here we were talking about how spoiled we are from hbo <clears throat> they really spoil us. They got some great television, and I like when when True Detective came on this season when they announced that they were going to have another season of it. I was extremely hopeful, of course, and uh, started watching it. Uh, you know, no spoilers are going to be allowed here on the show. We're never going to spoil anything for anybody. But the performances so far from uh, Marisala Mar- uh, Ali and uh, Stephen Dorff are really, really, really nice. I mean, like really good to watch. I really enjoy like solid acting. These guys are nailing it. Um, uh, it's got a pretty good storyline in comparison to the others. I'm hoping that this week, I mean, I really like what they did. I don't know if they did this in the past seasons. They could have, and I've forgotten, but they had, they, they did two episodes in one night, which I thought was really, really good. Was I able to watch both of them? No, I got too tired. I watched all of the first one and 15 minutes. The second one passed out. Couldn't go any longer, but if you're looking for a new good show to follow and get into, True Detective is a great, great series. The good thing about True Detective is uh, that they don't have, they're not uh, in a row. So, for example, you know, like, season one does not continue into season two and continue to season three. What is that, chronological? Is that the word we would use? Either way, it's a brand new story every season, which is which is fantastic because they're great, they're written very well. Um, I, I loved the first season. I had just as much love for the second season and I'm torn between whether or not I loved the first or the second season more. Um, I think it's too, you know, beauty is always in the eye of the beholder. It depends on what you're looking for in a show. Either way, they were both fantastic, which made me very hopeful for this third season. And I think that this episode going to be this weekend, this Sunday is going to be the one is going to be the episode that, um, that really captivates people who are veterans of True Detective and know that it's going to bring it. And um, I find myself almost trying to solve the crime in the two episodes, but it, it's impossible to, to really do that. But it's it's great, great gripping, gripping, uh, gripping television that if you've got nothing else to watch, go for it. Um, oh, and speaking of HBO and and I mean, we got to how do we not talk about <clears throat> the one show that basically everyone goes to HBO to watch and well you have to go to HBO to watch it but maybe that's one of the reasons why you are on HBO is to be watching this show Game of Thrones ladies and gentlemen check it out I was really excited I was um I was whatchamacallit I was uh, I was at work and um one of my co-workers came up to me and goes uh, so why uh, what did you think of the new Game of Thrones trailer and um I guess you can't spoil a trailer for anybody, but I, 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 I hadn't seen it. And I was like, ah, oh, I think it was really good because, uh, what's her name? Um, oh God, I forgot her name. That's terrible. The Stark girl that's the queen of the North. Sarah, what's her name? There's Sansa. Is that Sansa? Sa- Sansa? Sansa Stark? Sansa went up to Khaleesi and said, the Winterfell is yours, my, my lady. And he goes, no, that's not what I'm talking about. There was an actual trailer. So then 
of course, on my lunch break, go on the YouTube and I'm watching it uh, because he had asked me this this question. But I, I, I'm not going to tell you what the question is right now because if you hadn't seen the trailer, um, it's the Starks in the um, crypt of the Lords and Ladies of Winterfell. And uh, Rob Stark is walking with a torch. Sansa's down there being all Sansa-y. Arya's down there looking like she's going to kill somebody at some point. Now what happens is it gets really cold and, uh, you know, the cold creeps in and says winter is here and White Walker, you know, mean-faced people are around. Not really in the... But anyway, it's basically signifying that the White Walkers and the others, if you read the books, are... um, Descending on Westeros and everything like that. So, uh, a friend of mine at work came up to me and he said, um, hey, why don't you think Bran was in the trailer? No, no, no spoiler alerts here, everybody. The, 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 the show hasn't even aired yet. It's coming out in April. You know, I'll have a newborn baby to watch the show with, which is going to be really exciting. And, and he said to me, why no Bran? And then I watched the trailer, of course, and, and, I, and I went up to him and I said, you want to know there's no Bran? Because they're not, it's going to ruin the trailer. Unfortunately, for this show, for Game of Thrones, Bran is the most boring storyline, I mean, in terms of the show, except for what had happened later on when there was that time warp situation and he was the one-eyed raven and all that all that jazz. But, you know, he's just being chased in the woods for years. You know, that's what we saw unfold on the on the screen. So here he is running around. That's good. Here he is running around and everything like that, getting chased, and Hodor's gone. You know, if you haven't seen it by now, sorry, guys, okay? You should have watched Game of Thrones. You should be watching Game of Thrones. Honestly, if you're going to be a functioning human being in the world, you got to watch Game of Thrones. That's that's all i got to say about that. So anyway, I said he would have ruined the trailer. He goes, how do you figure? I'm like, how do you figure? Who's going to... Do you, you think Jon Snow is going to look as badass as he normally would, you know, walking all angry if he's dragging a crippled guy on him or, or behind him? By, like, the neck of the collar, you know, like, the scruff of the collar. That's terrible to look at. And the girls, I mean, you know, girl power and all that, but I cannot see Sansa dragging his ass around. And Arya is still kind of small, you know? I'm, I'm, I mean, obviously she can handle her own. She stabs people in the neck and stuff, and, and you know, it's pretty, pretty brutal, you know? But they're not dragging him. They're not dragging him through the crypt. Because when you got to turn and fight White Walkers, he's just going to lay there. No, I mean, you know, I'm not trying to sound insensitive towards anyone with disabilities or anything like that. But that, but this is what the show is. The kid can't move around. They obviously, you know, I mean, what are you going to put him in a sled, wrap him in a blanket, and, and, and let him visit the, the grave? I don't know. I don't know. But that's why he wasn't in there. And then a, a crazy, not a crazy theory popped up. But I'm pretty sure this theory has come about. So when John, okay, again, spoiler people, if you see the show, when Jon Snow died, and the the firewoman, again, everyone's been rewatching, so like they're up on the names, they're up on the on the those events that aren't maybe as big but are memorable and stuff like that. You know, everyone's up on it, but and you know, I'm gonna do some rewatching probably, but not too much, um, but. So if the names are bad, sorry. So Fire Lady over here, she was like, what did you see on the other side? And Jon Snow was like, I saw nothing. I saw nothing but darkness. It was black. It was black. So he was all like bent out of shape. So what if, because there's a theory going out there that Bran is the... What was that noise? 
fuck was that noise? Am I under attack? It wasn't the chair, was it? Anyway, chair's probably just shattering underneath me. Um, but I got these new headphones on, too. Trying to be cute here, everybody. Trying to be cute in the new year. So, theory going around that Bran is actually the the knight king. Dude, they say that they say that they say they say that that is Bran, and because of that, like time traveling war war stuff that he could do, um, that he becomes him. Uh, maybe that's why we didn't see him in the crypt. And also, maybe Jon Snow saw darkness because he killed himself. Because we saw that Jon Snow with his sword, yes, I said sword, killed a one of those White Walker general dudes. That was one of the right-hand men of um, the king guy, right? What if the reason he saw black is because he killed that guy, right? But then you got to do the time-traveling thing again, and then you just end up being like, oh, no, I've gone cross-eyed. Because it gets a little, a little crazy and stuff like that. But I'm really excited for Game of Thrones. I'm getting pumped for it. I got to, I'm, I'm, and I'm, this is what I predicted too. I said that HBO was going to do right by us because they were going to have a great show in True Detective. We were going to love watching True Detective and it was going to just carry us into Game of Thrones because we were going to do our examination of True Detective. And by the time we were done examining that show, we were going to just very nicely transition into Westeros, into the Seven Kingdoms, and see if winter is going to be forever for these people down there. So with that, I am going to take a little bit of a bathroom break. Normally, I do go to the bathroom, but I think I want to finish this beer and crack open another one because me yapping all the time doesn't give me a lot of time to to drink, which is one of the things that I miss about having Rob around was that I was able to have him talk, then I could drink, and then when I talked, he drank. So I, I don't like having those long pauses, but I also really want to enjoy this beer. So I will be right back after a short break. for listening to Three Beers In, the beer podcast that gives it its all. Oh, love these tunes. I'm so glad that we found them when we did. Our website is live, ladies and gentlemen. That means if you're not even already listening to us from www.threebeersin.com, uh, you can go there right now. If you go there right now, you can find our latest episode, which is really, really neat. And there is a contact us tab right at the end. All you got to do is tell us who you are, where you're from, give us a little bit of a message, and then we're going to get back to you. Someone just coughed on that track. That's okay. And we'll get back to you on this show. We'll give you a little shout-out. We'll talk to you. We'll interact with our crowd. And that's what it's all about. That's what this show... It's it's why I keep coming back. I get to drink delicious beer. I get to chit-chat on a podcast, which is like a dream of mine. And uh, it's delicious. Mm. 
This beer is really good. You guys got to find it, wherever you are. I'd be upset if you can't find it. I would be upset if you cannot find this beer. But it's it's something that you need to have, for, for sure. Um, so check this out, everybody. I got a little bit of beer news for everybody out there. So check this out. So Goose Island wasn't actually allowed to give out free beer by the law, like, anyway. The law in Chicago, or Illinois, rather... Uh, forbade them. I actually don't think that anyone can give beer as a prize by law. I think it has something to do with the taxes or something like that. Maybe it has to do. <coughs> it has to do with the taxes um, for them because they're a brewery. Like they're making the beer. I don't know, but all I know is that nobody, and I mean nobody. So it's pretty cool how this 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 whole thing um, came about was because. I did announce it on the podcast, which made it popular, which made it like inter like not internationally known, but across the nation, everyone tuned into Instagram and Twitter and all over social media to watch the Goose Island Kick Challenge. It was an ad there, and, and they have it on their Twitter right now. It's about an hour and fifteen minute long video of over one hundred contestants to try to kick a forty three yard field goal. In the windy city of Chicago, right outside of Goose Island, uh, the Chicago's oldest brewery, which I found out today, um, I think it was either 103 or 101 contestants. Zero, not one of them. Not one of them was able to nail the kick, and it's really, really nice uh, that they did that, and it let Cody Parkey maybe off the hook a little bit in terms of like, hey, it ain't so bad, you know, that you failed us. Um, when it was the most important time of the season. Either way, I found it extremely funny and entertaining because watching the videos, uh, you get some gems in there. I mean, some of these kicks were just, I mean, terrible. These guys didn't even make contact with the ball, some of them. A couple of them. I saw two kicks. (coughs) Two kicks that were actually fairly close. And I would have probably, I mean, if I was there, I would have lost my shit if I saw uh, and you know what? If I was, in, it was a nice little thing that they did for the community. It was a fun, a fun uh, weekend activity thing that you could have gotten together with some friends and gone to Goose Island and watched these poor schlubs embarrass themselves trying to kick a field goal, and uh, and none of them got it. Out of the uh, out of the. Uh, a couple came close, but out of the 103, I think it was 103. Out of the 103, nah, no one was able to hit it. Um, so, I mean, that, I guess, is a part. I guess that's a bridge, a little bit of a part of the beer um, news section uh, that we like to do here on Three Beers In. Um, something that we want to do. I, so, I didn't come across a lot of beer news this week, um, but I did come across an article uh, from RT, which is um, Russian Propaganda. But nonetheless, uh, these Ruskies got a pretty interesting story here, uh, and uh, it's from RT.com, and um, it's called Lazarus of Lager. Okay, man pumped full of 15 cans of beer in radical life-saving procedure. And this is real, folks. Okay, I actually can't believe I'm reading this, but I'm actually I'm going to read you the full article because. You got to hear this story. It's absolutely unbelievable. Uh, desperate times. Oh, let me take a sip of beer before I continue. In in lieu of this, cheers to this man and these doctors. That was, was three gulps. Desperate times call for desperate measures. Such was the bizarre case in which a man risked 
A man at risk of dying from alcohol poisoning was pumped full of 15 cans of beer to save his life. How does that make any... I would love to find out what kind of beer it was. Nugent Van Nat, 48 years old, was taken to the General Hospital in Vietnam's Quang Tri province with a blood alcohol level, a staggering... 1.119 1.119 times higher than the limit. When they write the limit, do they mean the legal limit or the limit for human beings? Who knows? Medics immediately transfused Nat with three cans of beer to dilute the amount of methanol in his system and give his liver a chance to process the toxic form of alcohol. So I was like, what? What's going on here? So as you continue reading, it explains it a little bit. It says here, methanol oxidizes to formaldehyde, which in turn becomes formic acid, which can cause damage to the optic nerve, including blindness and extreme cases of exposure, as well as kidney failure. The human liver prioritizes breaking down ethanol first before methanol. So, the introduction of beer kept his liver occupied, in a manner of speaking, while medics performed dialysis to remove the methanol, according to Dr. Lee Van Lam, head of the hospital's ICU. Uh, Nat uh, was then dosed with a can of beer per hour for a total transfusion of an incredible 169 ounces of booze. Okay? The therapy with 15 cans of beer is rather unusual, but well understood. Emergency physician Hans Borgbusch from the University Hospital of Freiburg told the German press, uh, much more important, the kind of alcohol used is that therapy uh, was immediately initiated. Nat regained consciousness after the 15th can of beer was administered and was discharged from the hospital three weeks later. So this guy walks into the into the hospital, completely wasted off of his. I mean, I guess passed out. Guy blacks out, got alcohol poisoning going in. How do they save him? Fifteen cans of beer. If that's not a feel good story, or just a story you want to tell all of your friends and family, especially you're going to be hunkered down in this snowstorm this weekend. You're going to turn to your loved ones and you're going to say, "Listen, kids." I got a story for you. This has this is something special. You see how dad's drinking this beer right now? It can save a life. It can save a life. And you're not lying to your child if you indeed say that. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is going to be the conclusion of the beer news section for this week. A pretty slow beer news week. I couldn't really find a lot of beer articles. I really do search for them because I, I enjoy beer and I think it's a really interesting and fun um, dynamic. I, I love beer and I love everything about it. Uh, did I play music for the for the um, for the emails? Did I play? I don't remember. I, I, I'm not going to find music right now, so I'm just going to read. I got two emails here, ladies and gentlemen, this week uh, coming from the website, which is really, really neat. Uh, the first one is from Anthony Delisia. Anthony Delisia. Um, from from Wisconsin. Uh, he says, I appreciate the shout-out slash thank you, but may I ask why there was a long, painful pause slash... This guy uses two slashes in the scent in like the whole blurb, which is absolutely ridiculous. Um, a long, painful pause slash sigh after it was spoken! Exclamation point! 
Question mark. I love you and all you do. I hope to God I am the first one that used the contact us section belt. That's Anthony Delia out of uh, Delisia out of Wisconsin. And no, you're not the first one to use it. Um, I don't remember having a long, painful sigh. It could have been an uh, editing issue because, once again, I never. Okay, so when Rob did this, we kind of won it, and whatever happened, happened. Now I'm trying to edit, but when you're drunk and editing, it can get a little dangerous. And it could have been me taking a sip of beer. I'm gonna take. I'm gonna take a regular Dom sip of beer, and let's see how long it takes. See, that's a long, painful, quote-unquote, sigh, but it's just me drinking beer. Thank you, Anthony Delish, um, for your uh, for your email. We have another one here. It says, Daniel from San Jose, California. Daniel, I want to thank you for telling us where you're from, too, because that's important to us to know where people are emailing us from. If you don't feel comfortable telling us where you're from, don't tell us where you're from. Just email us anyway. It's really, really neat. It's so cool that we have the Contact Us section. So uh, Daniel from San Jose says, are there any... Yeah, let me read this. Are there any craft beers which maintain their quality, character, and general independence after a buyout? Question mark. Hmm. Alessian, for example, owned by Enbev, immediately makes me avoid it, but I'd hate to do that as a rule if there are some owned but essentially independent. Well, Dan, Dan, Daniel, may I call you Dan from San Jose? That's a, a fucking excellent question. Uh, that's a big question to ask for, for me right now. Maybe I should have taken this in the beginning of the show. <clears throat> but I really want to thank you for, for sending that. So, um, craft beer that maintain their quality and character and general independence after a buyout. Um, well, we have to really... Okay, so the first thing we got to do is we got to try to examine um, breweries that have sold out or... Uh, I mean, it's uh, when you say sold out, it sounds harsh. We're going to talk about breweries that are no longer independently owned, so to speak. Okay, you got to look at craft breweries that have uh, taken that plunge where they are no longer independently on their own. So um, the first thing that comes to my mind, and honest, honestly speaking, the first thing that comes to my mind is the brewery that I went to, upstate New York in Cooperstown, a little place that uh, everyone has heard of called Oma Gang. I went to Oma Gang and... Um, the experience there was was incredible. Um, it was a gastropub slash brewery, but it was in the middle of the country. Like it, uh, it felt so, it felt so homey, but it, but it wasn't at the same time. You understand? So it was just, it was different. But um, but they're owned by Duvel, which is a um, brewing uh, a, a company in um, in the Netherlands, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, they're majority owned by this company. Uh, so, but they it seems as if they're e- they're able to keep a excellent identity uh, because because what happened was I went to the the brewery. I was just awestruck by it. I thought it was so fucking amazing and fantastic. And then I found out actually even when I was there that they were owned by Duvel. And I was like, I've definitely heard of them because they're like they make the Belgian strong ale that everyone knows about. And uh, oh, excuse me. Um, I was like, wow, you it's it, it, it 
the the feel of that place was a homey feel like it was a homemade feel it was not over the top it wasn't very it didn't seem extremely corporate even though i mean did it feel like i was in a cracker barrel yeah but you're getting that same feeling you were getting attention from the staff that was they could answer any question about brewing and they could they, they and like the the results are in the beer that you get from them so oma gang is and a fantastic brewery when it comes to excellent excellent beers that you can get from them <clears throat> three philosophers ale i mean their quad that's their quad i believe or their triple i mean it, it it's fantastic i mean i've 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 never had a beer from oma gang that i didn't like okay they're all absolutely delicious and fantastic so i mean that daniel is a type of brewery that i think held on to i mean whatever its character was i mean and I think that the owners, uh, the original owners of that place, they when they sold uh, to Duvel, they like made it a point that they would be able to maintain their um, their independence, so to speak, in terms of their brewing process. Um, another brewery that comes to mind for me is Ballast Point. So Ballast Point did sell out. I hate to, I really do hate to use the word sell out, but it is a brewery that sold to. Uh, it's not even like an it's not even InBev or like a, a Miller Coors or anything like that. They sold to Constellation Brands, and I actually read an article about this about three months ago. Um, they're a brew, they're a company that owns Modelo, Corona, Pacifico, um, like those beers, and they also have Ballast Point. When Ballast Point sold to them, they sold for one billion dollars. Okay, like wrap your mind around that one billion dollars. And I haven't, I think when we, that was one of the first beers we uh, reviewed on Three Beers In. And it was prior to, I think, it was prior to 2016, which is when they sold. So we were actually having Ballast Point uh, beer before it was a. Uh, before it was a sold out beer company. But these are the beer companies that I know personally of. That I that I do well. Not that, I'm not going to say that I enjoy them, but these are the names of the breweries that I know are. They present themselves of craft as craft beer, but they're not. Kona Brewing Company, they're they're bought. Okay, Red Hook Brewing is is bought. Um, Goose Island, which I mean, Chicago's oldest, oldest brewery and all that stuff, they're owned by InBev. Alessian, like you said, owned by InBev. Ten Barrel. Uh, Blue Point out in what should we call in Long Island, they're they're sold. They're they're no longer uh, you know um, a craft quote unquote craft. Breckenridge, um, if Sam Adams counts, you got Sam Adams, which is the Boston Brewing Company, and then they have the Traveler. They have Coney Island. Uh, they have Angel City, uh, Cigar City. Is owned by a big brewery. Oscar Blues is owned by a big uh, brewery. FCP, um, Lagunitas. They're from. They Heineken got them. Um, Terrapin is gone. Um, what else? This is this is this is like literally what I got on my, on my head. I, I I and there's countless others. There's hundreds of others. You know. I, I I guess what what it may, Daniel. I don't know what maybe you're trying to get at. I do understand. What you're saying, if I am looking at a brewery that has been sold or that has been um, bought by one of these big companies, 
you you do want to stray away from it. You want to you don't want it. You you almost feel like you you're you're betraying uh, craft brew uh, if you have one of these beers. But if you look at a place like Oma Gang where these beers are so good and like the I was at that brewery and like yeah they're they're owned by a big company, but these guys were they were they were all so courteous and so incredible you know and their beers are fantastic. <coughs> Terrapin is also owned by a big company too. I remember we had that on the show. We had Terrapin. We had their I think it was their their IPA. Um I, I think if the if the beer is still good, you know, and it still has great craft qualities, what you're doing is you're finding home brewers that, that started a company that expanded and worked really fucking hard and then said, you know what? I made delicious beer. I can make millions of dollars right now. I'm cashing out and I'm out. I mean, who are they betraying? I mean, I know the Stone Brewing Company is extremely... They get really up in arms with about this. You know, uh, they've been vocal about it and they've, and they've written about it. And you got places like New Belgium that will not sell to InBev and stuff like that. Even though they try like every quarter to, to buy them, you know? But there's just some people that just won't do it. It's a matter of principle for them. I don't know if I don't know if I mean you don't know what people's intentions are. Maybe some people go into the um, into the uh, the brewing, the craft brewing business with dollar signs in mind and and getting a big payday and working hard. I mean, either way, you have to work hard to get to that point where you are going to make that pay dirt, you know. And who is anyone? Whether you're a, a craft beer enthusiast or a home brewer or someone who owns a small brewery, who is anyone to say that that person doesn't deserve to to have that to have that moment where they're able to um, to to make that money and 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 you know you're passing on wealth to your family that can last for a while you know and and you did that by creating delicious craft beer you know I mean. Are you taking advantage of the scene or of the of the allure of the craft uh, beer and stuff like that? I mean, I guess sure, but I mean, honestly speaking, I'm gonna be I'm gonna try to do my a hell of a good job doing my own home brewing. That might mean I never go buy craft beer again. It it honestly might mean that. I mean, I want to continue the show, so I'm going to buy craft beer and stuff like that. But if I can make fucking delicious IPAs like this on my own, what incentive do I have to go buy it? You know? Am I betraying the craft beer community or anything like that by saying I won't go buy any beer, let alone a Lessian Space Dust? Space Dust is fucking delicious. I think that's another beer that we did on this show before they sold out. It would maybe be interesting to revisit it, but still, it's a delicious fucking beer. Yeah, it's owned by InBev or whatever. But I mean, if they're still, if they're still like, okay, so John was the CEO, I was the brewmaster, okay, or I was the guy who's just like you know cleaning or mopping or whatever, you know. If I if I I'm still being taken care of by my employer, I am still uh, passionate about brewing the beer and doing it correctly. Maybe I even get a pay bump. You know, well, I mean, hopefully you get a pay bump, you know, being that you work very hard. I mean, I don't think I don't I mean, unless there's scumbags working in the in the higher ups there. If I'm like if I have a home brewery, right, and if I get big and I become like a I was a lessian or I was blue point, you know, and all of a sudden an InBev comes and like, we'll give you one hundred thousand dollars for your company. And I say, no, 
then three months later, like, we'll give you $250,000 for your company. And I say, no, you know, I mean, well, I mean, depending on what I make or whatever like that, if, if I'm fucking ballast point and they say, I'm going to give you $1 billion. Are you shitting me? Fuck that. I'm going to take that money. I'm going to take that money. I'm not even going to give incentives for $1 billion. Taking the money and running. I mean, I'm not, I'm not making me a, tell me anyone that wouldn't take a billion dollars, Dan. Right? So listen, buy the Alessian. Enjoy it. Okay? I mean, it, it might be you want to have delicious craft quality beer, but you don't want to, your distributor might be closed or like you just don't want to go out to, to, to wherever the place might be. It might be more convenient for you to just get that beer. Get it. Who gives a shit? What's the fucking thing? You're you're there to enjoy it. You're a consumer. If you're a consumer and you and you want to enjoy good quality shit, if good quality shit's in front of you, get it. That's it. That's all I gotta say about it. And and like that's it. I mean, I'm not trying to betray craft brew. I mean, it's been good to me. It's been 125 unique ones that I've had here tonight. And each time I'm surprised or disappointed and, and stuff like that, but most of the time I'm surprised. You know? It's 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 whatever you make it to be. I have said on this show before that craft breweries and stuff like that would be in deep shit if Sam Adams got off its ass and fucking, you know, made a beer like this one right here. This fucking I Bless the Rains, <coughs> which I implore everyone to get. I, I, I swear to you, it's, it's, it's so delicious. I, I mean, look, if you feel weird about getting a beer that's been sold out, New Belgium might be there, dude. Grab that, grab or just or just don't do it. But if they make quality stuff, who's this? Who's this? Who's going to tell? Like, who are they to tell you not to have it? That's that's all I got to say. You know, don't feel bad about the beer you enjoy. I like those Boston Lagers not too long ago, and they're the evil empire, right? Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for tuning into another episode of Three Beers In. I had a great time. This beer was so good. I gotta text everyone that I know right now to go out and get it. I'm gonna go back to Beverage Island, and if I can find some, if I can find some more of this, I'm gonna get it. I, don't, I didn't mean to turn that up. Anyway, thanks for listening, everybody. I look forward to talking to you all next week. Have a great weekend, everybody, and and stay safe in that snowstorm. Be careful, everyone. I love you all. Take care.